Hey y'all, welcome back to a Friday, July 15th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Most Podcast. Uh, thank you for making the Chase Most Podcast part of your daily listen wherever and however you check out the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, jam-packed show for you guys again here on a Friday. Jam-packed shows every single day here on the network. So thank you for making uh, the Chase Most Podcast part of your day. Uh, it's a jam-packed show. Like I said, we got Matt Green full ride day behind <clears throat> because of just some scheduling stuff, me being in Dollywood uh, on Thursday. So had to move some stuff around, put some stuff in the can, but uh, it all works uh, here on this Friday edition of the program. Uh, but we start things off, stats I will, to talk all things college basketball. Oh yeah, we have a lot of college basketball to talk about. Um, we have Gigi Jackson uh, not ending up at North Carolina, instead ending up at South Carolina. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff there. The Wax new uh, way of doing standings and how Ken Palm is involved. The new aircraft game, uh, March Madness. If that's uh, if it's just in kind of a state of flux going forward with conference realignment, latest on Tennessee, and then Arkansas season review and the state of the program under Eric Musselman. So a lot of fun talking with Stats by Will, one of the best college basketball writers, experts you can read and listen to anywhere. So as always, love having uh, Will on the program, another local Knoxvillian. So very fun as we get started here. Three-parter here on the Chase Most Podcast. Don't forget, you can watch this show and every other episode on YouTube, youtube.com slash Chase Most Podcast. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff uh, as we continue to grow the YouTube page and all that good stuff. All right, part one, let's go on a Friday. Uncle Darren, let's ride. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here late on a Thursday. We never tape around this time. So that's why Will has got the Remedy Coffee T-shirt, so that implies that the man to stay up with me to talk all things college <laughs> basketball. He made himself a cup of Knoxville's own Remedy Coffee. Is that the case, Will? It's not. I'm running on fumes, but the idea of talking about some mix, as always, of running basketball mm. and uh, various sports personalities on the Twitter sphere really gets me going. So I'm awake. I'm ready. I'm hype. <laughs> I haven't. I have been up since six, but that's okay. I will say uh, this mm-hmm. is my one detour today. So obviously, I wanted to run this morning. Mm-hmm. but i don't listen to local radio like mm. ever that's i mean i'll listen to the npr affiliate because i okay. am you know spiritually 61 <laughs> so i uh i can relate uh so i parked my car at a uh a little restaurant in hardin valley to run this morning mm-hmm. and i got out and there's this massive line around the building this is like 6 15 mm-hmm. and so i'm like what is going on and so i went on my run and i came back and it's the line is somehow bigger uh-huh. And so I finally go to Facebook because it's for WIVIC, the local. Uh, so are they like a, they're a country station, I think. Mm, right. I don't know. Seven, seven. I know that they do UT sports stuff like they do the broadcast. Oh, nine, nine, one. No. Well, no. One oh seven, seven, I think does football. Oh, I didn't even know that. Ninety nine, one does basketball and everything else. OK. But either, either way, I got in and I finally rose and it'll relate to your story today. Uh-huh. They're giving out free Dollywood wristbands for a certain day. It was like September 4th, the day before Labor Day. It was like you get a free wristband for Dollywood one day. And then I don't know if you got both or if you had to pick one. But either way, the next day was a free Splash Country wristband, which is Dollywood's Ooh. water park. Yes. So that's my big story. Did that you get one? Was, 
I didn't. I, I did not feel like waiting in line for 30 minutes after I'd ran. And I was already very confused. There's like a family of eight in the parking lot. And and I was thinking, you know, good for you for getting eight free Dollywood passes, because I think that that honestly might be like 500 something dollars saved right there for that family. So good Look, for them. We're very pro Dolly on this. And I also my mom and like, it's just interesting, like with so many public figures, it's it's really hard to find someone as not divisive as Dolly yes. Parton. Like universal approval ratings. Like it just doesn't matter. You can go alt right, whoever. Like it's just <laughs> an a universal like when I'm at Dollywood, you just see every kind of person and it's just a universal nice thing. And uh I don't know. It's it's a very nice park and I very much love going over there. And it, my parents hadn't been somehow. They had never mm. been to Dollywood. So that was uh that was a fun thing. I did the roller coasters. Are you a adrenaline junkie will or no i love roller coasters okay. i i don't go to theme parks super often uh because it is it it really tallies up on the old uh credit card that's true uh, slash debit card but uh i i enjoy a good roller coaster uh the last ones i can remember at dollywood that i liked thunderhead was number one um mystery mine dead last by a mile because mm. when i went it hurt like heck to ride it was very yeah. jittery not well kept but Thunderhead, A+. Plus. Which one's Thunderhead? The wooden coaster. Oh, is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah. Because there's the Tennessee Tornado that yeah. my dad that's the, did. That's the rusty looking one. Yeah. Right? And that's definitely what you want to do. When you're at a, a theme park, you're like, where's the rusty one? <laughs> yeah. Where's that where's one? the one that looks like it has not been updated in 25 <laughs> years? And then there's that's the Bald Eagle coaster. one that my uh, that one is fiance... Good. Well, my fiance was like, why don't you do that one? I'm like, the one where you soar off like an actual eagle off the edge? Absolutely yeah. not. Hard pass. I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm dying. Like, that's one of those where I'm deceased and the podcast is over. You're taking my body out of the theme park in a body bag. Like, that's it. Like, I am not surviving that. I am not a roller coaster guy. And I went on a couple today. Mm, okay. And I, and I did it. And I just, like, I did the mind bender when I was younger at Six Flags. And I swear my head touched the water as we were going up and I, and I was like, that's it. I just the ricochet and everything had a horrible experience where I'm like, roller coasters are not for me, but it's just interesting. Cause a lot of folks like my dad's not a good example for this. Cause my dad is someone who any military guy is not a good example because they're just mm-hmm. jumping out of planes and doing all kinds of stuff. So it's like, yeah, like the, it's no big deal for you. Like I, I got it. Like my dad's out here. He was jumping on everything. He, if we had asked him to do any of the rides today, he's, doing the hands up and everything and just ready to go. I wish I had that. I really do, but I do not have that in me. See the, the only ones that I've ever really been scared of, uh, at least like since, you know, like age nine or 10 or whatever are the drop mm. towers. They're not really roller coasters, but the ones where you're like, the one where you go risen, really high up and then, slowly yeah. risen up 200 something feet. And then you're dropped. Never liked those. Mm. Um, the, but strangely enough, the other one of those that is somewhat similar yet different the pendulum ones mm. where you're like swung from side to side. I love those, but I, speaking of fathers, I cannot write it with my dad. Cause I went on one with him uh, mm. back when Seattle had six flags, which they do not anymore. Huh. And uh, immediately after we got off, he uh, puked <laughs> everywhere. So nah. yeah, it was a, it was a nice little projectile, uh, at the, <laughs> you know, on a Wednesday morning at 11 AM at six flags. So 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 that one got crossed off pretty quickly 
that's funny. Um, but I highly recommend the park. Love Dollywood. Um, everyone's just in a good mood. Dollywood had some cinnamon bread that was delicious. Yes. Um, it's just a cool place, and it seems like the people actually really like working there. It's something where it, um, I don't know. It's just a it's a positive vibe, and it's uh it's hot. I will say there was one <laughs> moment. You're are you an always sunny guy? No, I've never seen it, but all of my friends watch it. Okay, love always sunny, and it was so weird because i was walking by and there's this um one area where it's like the foam pit or something they call it with the kids where they literally just spray these children with water foam like bubbles and the kids are just getting (laughs) blasted in the face by this foam and just they can it's it's amazing how little you need to entertain like children like you're just like here are these bubbles that are just going to blast you in the face for the next three and a half hours and you're going to love every second of it you just don't get bored like they're just you my mom and I were looking at it. We're like, they're just staring at this gigantic uh, bazooka of bubbles <laughs> that's just hitting him in the face. And the background sound, though, was the Always Sunny um, soundtrack. And I just was like, I couldn't, I, I just saw Frank and everybody. And it was just like, this is such a weird thing because I don't think anyone in here knows what Always Sunny in Philadelphia is. And they picked <laughs> the soundtrack. And that, it's just, uh, I don't know, it just cracked me up. But, um, Got to see an owl. They have owls. They oh, have bald yeah. eagles everywhere. But the owl was my my guy. And as you mm-hmm. know, I'm a big owl guy. And um, no, fun time all together. Fun time. Very pro Dollywood. So, folks, if you are in the East Tennessee area and you have not already checked out Dollywood, go check out Dollywood. It's a fun time. It's a fun time, especially Christmas time. Like Christmas time was yes. my jam. That was a lot of fun. And Halloween, I think we're going to do this year. Halloween um, is the tops for me. Yeah. Any any most good theme parks will have a really good Halloween uh, show or experience or whatnot, and Dollywoods is quite nice. Well, maybe that's what we do. Maybe that's what we we do a double situation. Well, yeah. Wait, let's do a group situation to uh, Dollywood on Halloween. <laughs> I will I will do my you know eighteen mile run or whatever, and then immediately head straight to Dollywood. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Um, Will, ostensibly, like we always say on this podcast, ostensibly, this is a college basketball podcast. And it is also one of my father's favorites. As he reminds me, he's like, I love Will. Learn a lot from Will. Will, Matt, and uh, John. Yeah, he's a fan. I think I I work best with um, the dad and grandfather market. Yeah. Young people, not so much. Okay. When I I used to do more radio appearances um, locally, the host reached out to me and said, what beat do you want me to put under like when you read off stats? Because yeah. people are complaining it's not very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're the person I've, I've told people where uh, I have family like this, but it's interesting where you're, you have a gift where you should be in charge of firing people, Will, or delivering bad news. Oh, because God. You would do it in such a nice way. Like there's just, you would break bad news in a really nice way where you could tell someone you don't like them and they're like... It, seems like you do like me i don't know like like i get what you're saying out loud i get the words that are coming out of your mouth Mm -hmm. but it seems like you don't actually mean what you're saying it seems like you're asking to give me another chance that's what that's doing right there (laughs) like you're you're that kind of the way you speak it it, the way you enunciate things and that sort of thing i think that's how it works it's a soothing thing yeah well that's nice to hear yeah I, i think that i mean i feel like that actually tracks with my day job of attempting to give negative feedback uh, yeah. th- but spinning it in a positive manner. I, I'm telling you, that's what you were born to do. That is uh, that is a gift of yours. Um, <laughs> stats by Will. We have something that you are very excited about talking about because the WAC um, is doing something unprecedented. Um, so this is a Kim Palm creative formula. Uh, 
that will be utilizing net and reward teams' wins and losses. It will completely reshape uh, the basketball tournament in the WAC um, with standings and seedings and league record. What do you make of this big, big change in the WAC? Well, one thing that I found was very funny about this. Uh, so this is Matt Norlander. Norlander. Mm. I've never been sure if it's Norlander or Norlander. Is it who? Who would say Norlander? It's Norlander, right? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of like Outlander and Norlander. I don't know. That's true. I don't know Norland. Like, we, let's do the one that sounds cool. Like Norlander. I like Norlander. Cool, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you go to look at the quote tweets on his original mm. tweet, it is a quite fun mix of uh, people who really like this idea and people who think that this is Satan coming down <laughs> to wipe college basketball's appeal off the face of the earth. Both fair. Uh, both and but it's like the answer probably lies somewhere in between where I don't think that you know I am like a stats person like big Ken Palm guy I think that frankly some years especially in mid-major conferences and it happens in power conferences too but especially prominent in lower bid or you know one bid leagues mm-hmm. the wrong team sometimes just wins the regular season title and that's not to say like it's their fault they won 14 games to another team's 13. I'm saying they were probably lucky to go, you know, seven and one in one score game. So all the other team went like two and two or mm-hmm. something. So I think that corrects some of it. But I also agree with the people who say wins and losses should reign supreme. There needs to be, I, I like this idea of mixing analytics with the wins and losses, but I don't think it should be one or the other because hmm. what it looks like to me is it's like, a lot of net or, or like some net and a lot of Ken Palm with, you know, some amount of wins losses. People are freaking out about how this is going to somehow put like a, a six and 12 team at the fourth seed, which it's mm. not. I mean, you look at you the, know, there is a correlation between the Ken Palm. Like it, there's not going to be a team that has a crazy win loss record. That's just a complete disparity from what their actual record or their Ken Palm record is. Right. And I, I actually think last year's WAC might have been a poor example because it, uh, it's the only example they could use really mm. to sell this. And it has Sam Houston State, who was the, I believe, four seed last year at seventh. Mm. Uh, and that's because they won a lot of close games and were kind of poor in non-conference. It does measure back to the start of the season, while Grand Canyon, who are the five seed, ended up number two in this you know measure. New Mexico State, who is third, is first. So hmm. there's a little bit of a shuffle. But I said it, I mentioned it was kind of a poor example because four teams finished either 13 and actually five teams finished with either four or five losses. Hmm. So for there to be some amount of shuffle, I don't feel like it's a huge surprise. I think in most years, especially given with New Mexico State's history in that conference, mm-hmm. you're going to have one team that's like two or three games ahead of the rest, and it's just not going to matter. Uh, hmm. It might matter for like who's seated sixth, seventh, eighth, and whatnot, but yeah. I don't see this as a huge deal. Uh, I I do think really what I think should happen is you come up with a formula that like you know like like wins above bubble, which I've mentioned before mm-hmm. on Bart Torvik's site. If you could mix that with the Ken Palm number somehow, and just you know have like whatever teams the best or closest to the best at both gets the one seed, then the two, then so on. Mm-hmm. That's the best to me. Where it's like you're still valuing wins and losses, but you're also saying, well, this thirteen and five team was actually better than fourteen and four. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. I don't admire anybody who's got to try something different like this and you know survive the online backlash but i think by the time this is actually 
this actually comes to fruition in March, most people are going to be fine with it. And it's, you know, they, I think this, I mean, this has already actually happened before with mm-hmm. the West Coast Conference during the COVID season. Right. So it's it's nothing terribly new. It's just going to be different in a full season capacity than we've seen before. Yeah. And hey, different is good. We'll see how it works. And like it's, the whack, it's experimentation. It's fine. It's, it's why I love Conference USA's model hmm. of playing, you know, 13 or 14 games. And then the f- top four or five teams do a round robin at the end. Mm-hmm. to see who gets the one and two seeds and to accumulate as many high quality games as possible. Yeah. Le- one bit traditional one bit conferences shouldn't do more strange things like that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of strange things that you can do, uh, you can bring back college basketball games on uh, aircraft carriers. Well, <sighs> that's something you can do. Uh, speaking of our old friend, Matt Norlander quote source Gonzaga and Michigan State have finalized their upcoming game on Veterans Day on the USS Abraham Lincoln, an aircraft carrier in San Diego. Game will be on ESPN and tip late uh, afternoon out west. Primetime on East Coast will be college basketball's first game on a battleship since 2012. Not going to lie. The aesthetic was cool. The aesthetic looked cool. Now, is it kind of just objectively hilarious that there is a college basketball game being played on a... Uh, naval aircraft carrier absolutely is it a weird thing absolutely but it is just who cares i'm at this point with this stuff where i'm like who cares that's a weird thing that i'll probably watch like i'm i'm gonna watch that right yeah it i mean frankly i wish they would subject uh to lesser teams to it Hmm. Like, I think that they should for, I'm thinking like you should force like San Diego state and VCU two absolute chucker teams <laughs> mm-hmm. that cannot hit shots already to do it in an aircraft carrier with wind and ocean spray hitting you. Right. That let's see if they can crack 40. I, I want to see that game. I would love a situation where if the ball goes overboard, like it's the person who missed it to dive overboard. Yeah, you have and to swim the ball. and get it. Yes. And, it, and it's like, well, <laughs> we can pull you back up. Mm hmm. But maybe there's a lot. I don't really know how this works. But uh, I will be honest in saying mm. that as somebody who's looking more for the basketball, uh, I would really prefer that, you know, this is a real radical proposal, by the way, mm. that Gonzaga and Michigan State, two-storied programs with awesome arenas, just do a home and home. Mm. Why not just do that? Mm. Because, I mean... Gonzaga kind of does this anywhere, anytime thing now. Mm. And I think if Michigan State had the home return, they would be happy to do a Spokane visit once and only once, presumably. But mm. I, so we've done two of these aircraft carrier games before, and I put this on the Twitter, uh, which I probably shouldn't have because this just feeds into negativity. But uh, the combined three-point shooting uh, of those two games was eight for 54. Oh, my God. And they, there are only two aircraft carrier games because uh, big college basketball heads will remember there was a third one that had to be called off at halftime because the court was so humid and ocean spray was getting on it <laughs> and the players were slipping everywhere because, shocker, an aircraft carrier is on water and you're susceptible to wind, which will hurt long-range shots. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, based on this matchup, this probably means Gonzaga wins by like 30 because mm-hmm. they're just so dominant inside it's not going to matter. Yeah, uh, they won't have to shoot. But 
Uh, I don't know. It, the aesthetic of it is cool, and it says something to me that the only thing anybody has said about these games that happen before is they just show pictures. Mm-hmm. Nobody mentions the play of the games, right. both of which sucked. That's what I'm thinking. It's like it's the pictures. The pictures are yeah. incredible. That oh, they the pictures are this. beautiful, but it's like it's good for a few pictures, and then the game starts, and you look up ten minutes in, and it's six to five, <laughs> and you're like, "Why did we do this? Why?" I mean, honestly. I'm not a fan of playing games in Barclays Center mm. or in. I don't know. If the, I don't think they do them in you know the Warriors Arena or whatnot. But like various NBA arenas, I'm not a fan of it because when you do neutral site games at NBA arenas, the crowd is always just kind of underwhelming unless that city has a big alumni base or mm. if it's Vegas. Vegas always seems to attract people. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it'll be cool to look at, but I have a feeling that when it's halftime and Gonzaga's up 31 to 19. I'm going to be waiting for whatever is like the, you know, supposedly the capper after that for the night. There you go. Um, Gigi Jackson decommitted uh, this week, Will, and he's enrolling at South Carolina in the next two weeks. Like what? Can you explain this to me? And how bad of an issue is this for North Carolina? I don't think it's an issue at all for them, at least this season. Uh, They already were out of scholarships from my understanding. Mm. So, I mean, like they wouldn't have really been able to reclassify him. He can Mm. reclassify and play immediately at South Carolina. Yeah. How ready somebody wants to be to hand over their whole program and offense to a 17 year old is ultimately up to them. He is a very talented 17 year old. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not, I don't think it's fair to draw one-to-one with like a money bait, uh, a money baits or whoever. Like similar guys who reclassified and came up, but um, I think it's funny, honestly, uh, to willingly pick South Carolina over North Carolina. I feel bad for Georgia in a way that they are now, for the second year running, the worst roster in the SEC. If mm. he does reclassify, but um, the it seems main like that's thing, happening. The reclassification's happening. Yeah, but to me, I think the biggest winner in all this is not Gigi Jackson, but Lamont Paris the new mm. South Carolina head coach. Cause yeah. uh, I mean, okay. Yes. Frank Martin took them to the final four. That was one tournament bid in 10 seasons. Darren Horn did nothing of note before him. And it has been a while since Dave Odom was at South Carolina mm. doing stuff. So this is probably, I mean, it's definitely the biggest recruit to come through South Carolina in a long time, but it's probably the first real headline aside from the final four that mm. they've generated in 15 plus years. So that's good. I mean, that's huge for the program. That's huge for Lamont, who everybody that I know in the basketball world states is a really good guy. So mm-hmm. good for him. Wisconsin, nice, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, UTC, nice, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think it's a it's a big thing for them. Gets them some headlines. I don't know that, like, he's going to be super ready year one, but I'm interested to see. And it makes them a lot more watchable instantly it feels like anthony edwards at georgia right where the team around him is just not even close to being good enough to really compete and like he's going to be asked to do a lot and he's probably it's actually worse than that i would honestly go like markel fultz at washington or something it's like the roster around him is without gg jackson this would be the worst roster in the sec Hmm. but with him they're now like questionably ahead of Georgia and there's just instantly more interesting and entertaining to keep track of. Yeah. So kind of, I guess it's, yeah, maybe a little Anthony Edwards ish, but 
that Georgia team just like should have been better. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, we'll see what happens. Gigi Jackson, uh, is there any way Tennessee can fit him in? Like, hey, dude, <laughs> hey, Gigi, before you enroll at South Carolina, just uh, come on, come on over to Five Star U. Uh, I think he should do after South Carolina wins, he should tweet GG and then at the opponent, like (laughs) GG at USC upstate athletics or whatever. For the folks uh, counting at home, he is saying good game uh, Mm -hmm. to those people because of it. That that would be a cool nickname or like it to name your child. If you're betting on them being a good athlete, good game, whoever, like good game, Thomas (laughs) and GG Thomas, that, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, well, it's like there is a... Uh, they better be a good athlete, though. Well, there's like that international president. I don't remember which country. Named Good Luck Jonathan, which <laughs> is know. one of the greatest names in history. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. I, I like that. Um, what I don't like is March Madness potentially not happening with the St. Peter's of the world. And this is something that um, Greg Sankey floated uh, recently that, look with realignment with changes to college basketball, one of the, one of the issues that could come about is just what happens with the tournament. Um, here's my thing. And I, after thinking about this for a couple of days and talking to folks, especially with the college ball playoff and talking to insiders and stuff like that, my gut tells me it's like, when you hear power two, you're like, Oh, or the super conferences, everybody else gets left out. I don't think that's what's going to happen. It seems like they're just going to win the titles. They're going to dominate the sport in the final four. They're going to dominate the sport in uh, in the in their major sports um, in money and recruits and everything else. They will have these advantages. But I think the powers that be still see the value in including everybody else so even if the big 12 or the pac 12 is not on the same playing field anymore they're still going to keep them in because guess what if you're a oregon state fan st peter's fan um a bonnie fan you want to sit like march madness ratings speak for themselves the money that it brings in part of the appeal is that it's a perfect tournament because you get both everybody gets a seat at the table and there is still an understanding that the best teams get to the end where you still want to see Gonzaga versus Baylor in the final, but you do want to see St. Peter's beat Kentucky in the first round. But there is a point of where it's like, I want the powers that be to really slug it out in the end. Like you don't want St. Peter's to win the title. Like no one actually wants that because you're like, I I want the team, the best team. I want to see the best of the best and who assembled Mm -hmm. the best roster and who plays the best and who is legitimately the two best teams. That's what makes the tournament so clean is that usually that's how it goes is that's how it ends up. And I think as much as everything is in flux right now, I don't think that's how it goes. I, my gut tells me that's not how it goes because you're cutting off so many people. And I just think because they're so focused on television ratings and they're so focused on TV, messing with a perfect postseason, <laughs> um, I just don't think that's going to be a good sell and heads will immediately roll if you do a power two super conference only tournament. Like I just think the numbers tank. I really, really do believe that. And I think that's part of like what we're going to see in college football where 
I think you'll see the Sun Belt get in the playoff. I think you'll see other teams get in, like with the understanding that, like, yeah, they're not going to run the playoff gauntlet with the lack of blue chippers, but they might beat an Alabama one year. They might beat a Georgia in round one. And then, hey, you get to the SEC Big Ten in the final, that's fine. But everyone still has a seat ostensibly at the table. And I just, I don't think that changes because it just, cost you so many viewers and so much apathy and so many folks that I I just I don't see it and that's where I'm at so I'm not panicking about the tournament going to super conference only status what about you this might be naive of me but Mm -hmm. I honestly didn't even think of this as a as an issue Mm -hmm. um because to me, seeing you know USC and UCLA jump ship to the Big Ten was purely for football reasons. Because, I mean, you know, lo- all love to the UCLA ice hockey team, which does exist. Mm-hmm. But I do not imagine that UCLA ice hockey is going to be flying to Penn State happily. They did mm-hmm. not make this move for UCLA ice hockey or for USC uh, water polo or for any other sport that is not football. Like, uh, I mean can men's basketball afford to fly every you know year to Rutgers and Michigan and Ohio state and whatnot, of course. But, mm. uh, is this, does this necessarily mean like this is going to be a thing that excludes everybody else? No, I highly doubt it. Mm. I, I mean, uh, to me in my head, the worst case scenario, and this is still not that bad. is like sort of moving to a champions league model of sorts where the sec and big 10 and other power conferences are guaranteed X number of bids every year mm-hmm. where it's like, cause like in the champions league, the premier league is guaranteed four teams every single year. Mm-hmm. They used to have an outside shot at a fifth, but now it's four. And so no group gets more than four. Whereas like, if you translated that to the tournament, no conference would get more than eight, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that we'll be able to do that in the, I'm assuming future of 20 team conferences where uh, Stanford has to fly to New York for some reason on a Friday night with Gus Johnson on the call. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about that, all of them negative. So I'll keep them <laughs> quiet, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel that the naked power grab of college football is not going to quite extend itself as deeply and as, you know, horrifyingly to college hoops. I do think it's going to be really awkward when uh, you, I I presume, and maybe again, this could be naive that like whenever I'm sure the SEC is going to add like Notre Dame or something like some sort of power move to like, you know, say tell the big 10 to add whoever. And then it's like, you know, there's going to be some awkward road trips where Notre Dame has to like do Alabama and Auburn in a back to back or something, Mm -hmm. or, you know, USC has to just sit in Pennsylvania for a week. Um, but I don't think this is really going to affect the tournament much. So maybe this is copium of some sort Mm. where I'm like being overly hopeful, but I don't know. I I do think St. Peter's should be, uh, very proud of Mm -hmm. their run, but I don't want to see them pass the sweet 16 again because that game against North Carolina was so boring. Sorry. Well, I think that's, that's what I'm saying. And I think that's what I think folks see is that like, yeah, you want them to be Kentucky, but you Mm -hmm. don't want them in the final four. Like, well, that, that's why, like, I mean, I hate doing the soccer metaphors because it's not necessarily one. And to be clear, we want yeah. every 
yeah body to beat kentucky that let's be perfectly here uh, clear yeah. here on this podcast that's what we want oh yes well it's mm-hmm. also very cool that like in our lifetimes the two i think undoubted most historic programs of the last 30 years have both both lost to 15 seeds duke and kentucky you hate to see it yeah i i love it personally mm-hmm. i think it, it's just like and i think that won't go away and it's mm-hmm. harder it's harder to erase that than it is in football i think just because mm-hmm. it's fewer games and the talent differential is so much wider yeah but i don't know i i I feel all right about it i think that you know but again back on the soccer metaphor people want to see man city in the final Mm. people want to see you know liverpool or real madrid or even barcelona if they can ever figure it out Mm -hmm. but people are also happy when you know like leicester makes it to the uh, you know quarterfinals or monaco Mm -hmm. make it to the final four or whatever like we can still have Cinderella runs of sorts, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just not panic, folks. I don't think they're jump like I don't think they're chomping at the bit to upend a sport that's doing quite well in the postseason. Like cultural playoff ratings are down. Like they're that's a different thing. They're trying to fix stuff in yeah. college football right now. College like football the, does not have the final four, problem. The final four slapped this year, despite yeah. my fears about it. It was pretty darn good. The college football playoff, two thumbs down for like the eighth year in a row because every game is a blowout. Yeah, the Final Four blew the college football playoff out of the water. Like it yeah. wasn't even close. And it, even the national title game was a blast, even though North Carolina ran out of gas. Like it was still must-see television. Like it was yeah. still a great game. You had a dude puking on the floor and then coming <laughs> right back and yeah. laying the ball in. That was insane. Yeah, um, I, I think everybody would agree on that front. Um do you have anything new, Tennessee? Well, what do you uh, what do you got for us on Tennessee basketball right now? There's probably some recruits out there. Like I know Justin Edwards is one they're kind of seeing. I have heard that it's a pure 50-50 split between Kentucky and Tennessee. So mm-hmm. as usual, I will assume that he ends up at Kentucky because mm-hmm. uh, it's just how those things go. But, I mean, things are looking pretty good. I remain quite excited for this coming season. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a little troubled that when I went to my usual link to check out the vol pass, it Mm -hmm. does not appear to be up this year. And I hope that is just a website error. I would, I will pay for season tickets regardless, but I would prefer to pay 150 versus 250. Uh Okay. I didn't, have you reached out to folks? What's going on there? I'll, I'll text a couple people and ask around. I love it. It's still going stats by will. He's got the inside scoop there. Uh, it's, it's one guy. (laughs) <laughs> rob lewis one guy, one guy no not rob lewis it's one guy and then another guy who knows somebody in the ticketing ticketing department so there you go i got nervous i was on campus the other day and there was something going on for the basketball team and i don't know what it was do you i'm not certain what was going on but it was a couple days ago and they had the streamers and like tennessee basketball to the right and i was like if i see zikai ziegler on campus one more time i'm just gonna have to <laughs> transfer because this man cannot see me around uh one more time it's just getting too weird um well, let's end here. Well, uh, I hate to hate to do this, but we got to do Arkansas here. Uh, who, when you start reading 2022 previews, a lot of folks are like, they're the best team on paper going into the SEC next year. And I'm just like, ah, I, I'm not there. Uh, very good program. Musselman's got that thing humming. Um, another deep tourney run this year that I think a lot of folks did not see coming from the Razorbacks. So he deserves credit on that front. Um, but what uh, what went right for Arkansas this past year and what leads you to believe that uh, next year might be better? Well, it's kind of funny. I mean, so they started the year 15th in Ken Palm, mm. ended the year 18th. 
but you know, that can, that would suggest consistency the whole way through. And it really was like the season turned on a dime at the midway mm. point uh, for them. Cause they were, they, they looked shaky. I know they started nine and oh, but the best team they beat was Kansas state who did not make the tournament. Mm. They got blown out by Oklahoma on a neutral court, lost at home to Hofstra in a game where they gave up 89, then lost their first three SEC games. And for a minute there, I was thinking, this team's just straight up not going to make the tournament. You know, 10 and 5, 0 and 3, you can recover all right and maybe make a run at it. But I didn't think anything of it at the time. Mm. And then, you know, it's like out of nowhere, they rip off 13 of 14, and the only losses are by one on the road to Alabama and by four to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, it reinforced again, they are just extraordinarily hard to beat, regardless of how good or bad the team is at home. They had the the only true home loss was a one pointer to Vandy uh, during that initial three loss streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than that, I mean, you look at who they beat. They beat Kentucky by two at home, Tennessee by 10 in a game where Tennessee just could not find the basket. Mm-hmm. Auburn in overtime when Auburn was number one, uh, Texas A&M in overtime. Uh, they pulled off a lot of big wins when they needed them most, and uh, they. But it was it was kind of strange. They never figured out how to shoot the ball well. They were about dead average nationally in two point percentage, but barely cracked thirty percent from deep. Real bad from deep. Nobody. Uh, could Why do you think that was? Do you think they didn't get a lot of looks? Do you think the offense would like? What do you think was to blame there? A little bit of clogged toilet offense where it's like Stanley Amude was the only guy who stood out notably mm-hmm. in a positive manner uh, from deep. And he was just kind of the second or third banana. He is never going to be the alpha. And mm-hmm. your alpha is J.D. Note, who's gone now and shot uh, under 30% from deep, mostly because it's like Note was the only real creator and his creations were a lot of step back threes where it's like, mm. buddy, you're really good, but you're not James Harden. So that's tough. true. And then you had other guys who have shot better before, but just couldn't put together like Devonte Davis finished at 27%. Uh, Chris likes, who is a little better at Miami went 28% from deep. And then guys who you're trying to teach to shoot threes that just couldn't pick it up. Jalen Williams, who will get to yeah. shot 24%. So you had a lot of crappy shooting and that kind of ultimately proved to be their downfall. Uh, but did you expect Duke. that going in? Did you expect them to be a bad shooting team? I didn't think they'd be good, but I thought they would be better than what they turned out to be. Mm. But it was it kind of ended up a little bit pointless because of how they were built. They were really good at getting to the free throw line. No team yes. is terrific at getting there. But Jalen Williams was an elite foul drawer for reasons. Um, and then defensively, once again, they just put it together really well. Really good mm. at forcing havoc plays, lots of blocks, lots of steals. Uh, really good around the rim at forcing tough twos. Jalen Williams, for all of the fun I made of him for being a guy who flopped a lot, which he was, uh, was really good at forcing tough twos, blocked a lot of shots. And when you get those calls, it's really hard to want to drive because you're afraid of picking up another foul. Mm-hmm. Stanley Amude, great defender. Note was awesome on the perimeter. They had a lot of guys who, you know, they weren't like huge. They they actually ran out a bunch of lineups towards the end of the year where the tallest guy on the floor was 6'6". But mm-hmm. they were hard to switch on, hard to get good individual one-on-one matchups because there weren't many guys you could exploit, if any. And but they got lucky at the right time, too, I would say. I mean, 
I think we've gone over in the past how hard it is to win a lot of coin flippy six point or less games. And they did that three times in a row in the tournament with Mm -hmm. the obvious big one being over Gonzaga in a game where Gonzaga had their worst shooting performance of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were legitimately a top 20 team and, you know, you can say they got lucky in the run and I would, but they belonged at least in the sweet 16 and deserve to be there and you know Musselman continues to do it year over year I'm not going to be I don't think this is the best team in America going in because once again I'm concerned about the offense Uh, but I think on paper they're going to be top five defensively and it's just a question of how much can Nick Smith handle and if uh, the other freshman or if like Devontae Davis can figure it out alongside him so if you do the top four with Kentucky Arkansas, Tennessee, and Auburn. How would you do that right now? I think I would go Kentucky. I'm thinking I'm going Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Arkansas, then Auburn. It's really tight between Arkansas and Auburn. Hmm. Uh, I believe a hair less in Auburn. But I also. Was that a Jordan Hare pun? No, <laughs> it's, it's just like it's a real like 3A, 3B situation. Is Musselman now, do we just consider him? He's like, you should just go ahead and pencil in Arkansas being good year over year. Yeah. Like, I think Musselman has got Arkansas on a pro. Like, folks, don't look now. Look, Tennessee isn't everything school people forget. But Arkansas with Sam Pittman, with um, Van Horn and with. Uh, Musselman, like this is a really great situation. Arkansas baseball, Arkansas basketball, and Arkansas football are all in really good. Like this is probably the best Arkansas athletics with the big three has been in a really long time. Like things are pretty good. I suppose so, but I I will give them more respect mm-hmm. when they get Eric Musselman off Twitter. I'm swearing off being super negative for now, mm-hmm. but that man's cringe tweet uh, capacity is off the charts. Mm-hmm. Will Wade tweeting out the picture of him in the general uniform is pretty bad. But Musselman has like one of those a week where it's like yeah. when he when he got the three all-star freshmen, he tweeted a picture of him with three McDoubles. Mm-hmm. They were McDonald's All-Americans. Like, come on, man, this sucks. No one likes this unless you wear red. But I would give Arkansas the edge this year over Auburn almost because I forgot this until now for mm-hmm. the sole reason that the two Auburn leading scorers that are returning are Katie Johnson and Wendell Green. Mm. And it's just like, God almighty, if I have to watch those guys chuck 25 shots a night each, that's going to be tough. So, Johan Traore, please help make them more watchable. Well, then on this, do you think they have a better Kim Palm in 2022-2023 than they did in 2021-2022? Yes, I think okay. I'm going to guess like 9th or 10th because they oh, were wow. 18th this past season. I think they'll be low end top 10. So, how many get in like in the SEC? Hmm? How many in the SEC get in? To the top 10? Yeah. I think all of Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas could do it. Auburn okay. can have a couple things break correctly. I mean, I don't want to say – and honestly, just because they bring so much back, I feel like you got to give an honorable mention to Texas A&M hmm. because they were on fire at the end of last year. And really, aside from that one bad streak, they were quite a good team at times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, would it be stunning – in some fashion, if they were top 10 by the end of the year, yeah, but it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. But I, I would say Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas are all going to have a real, real shot at like top two seeds in the tournament. 
And then Mizzou, the ultimate wild card that we're pretty high on, and they could be a lot better than we're than we're than we're anticipating. I think they'll be pretty good and probably turn the team. It would it would also be, and it wouldn't for Tennessee fans, but for me, it would be very funny if Florida, like all of a sudden, where it's like you know, I thought Mike White was good, but it's like if Mike White was the governor on the golf cart, mm-hmm. and Todd Golden is just like guys, three is more than two. <laughs> and Florida players like holy crap, and they're like mm-hmm. eighth at the end of next season. That would be pretty funny. I don't want that, man. I don't want two Nate Oats in here. I don't. And we should mention Alabama too. I think Alabama is somewhere in the top five as well. I think Alabama is pretty deep this upcoming year. I think they'll be good. I think they'll bounce back. They just I'm, shot I'm a little so lower horrible. On them than most, but I think okay. I think they'll be good. They, they've got some intriguing pieces, and I want to see how Brandon Miller turns out. If you had to build a program the next five years, you need to bet on who wins more games, NATO, Turk, Musselman. Who do you think does it? Musselman. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm picking Musselman just because uh, I know like Alabama's invested a lot in basketball to make it better, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry, Arkansas fans care way more. Almost oh, for than sure. Any other SEC fan base, I think they care so deeply about basketball, and so it I is kind of weird. For that reason alone, they're going to have more funding and more motivation. Like Bama doesn't care about basketball or baseball really. When you watch the games, like it's just there's not a lot of energy for the other sports. It's kind of I mean I understand when you're winning as much in football, but like I don't know. I just feel like if I'm on camp, like I just I don't understand that. Like I'm a I think you should support every program: women's basketball, men's basketball, uh, softball, all that kind of stuff. I just I don't really understand that. Support your track and field program. Yes, Tennessee had a big hire there. Uh, yeah. So my uncle Dave loves bringing that up. He loves as he listens to this. He loves the Tennessee track and field. He keeps up with all of it. Um, so <laughs> they're uh, they're all about it. Uh, Stats by Will. Follow him on Twitter. Stats by Will and uh, go to statsbywill.com. Bookmark it if you have not already done so. Anything new on the website? Anything you would like to plug here? Nothing new except let's shout out the. 2022 South Central Division champions won oh, no. Knoxville Soccer Club, <laughs> who brought it home this past week. They did lose to the worst team in the league in the season, yeah. which sucked. But they host the USL League Two playoffs uh-huh. next weekend at West High School. Oh, uh, and uh, West Rebels. Opponent, yeah, the opponents yet to be determined, but mm-hmm. it's a uh, pretty cool for a team in their inaugural season to be not only winning a division but hosting playoff rounds. When so, is it? Like, yeah, it's 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 honestly very unusual for that to happen. USL League Two is like 110 teams. Hmm. So, and when is this happening? Once well. again at West, uh, it'll be 7:30 next Friday. Okay, so you should come. They're nice. fun. Check it out. They have Never this heard. vendor that does pizza cones, which I mm. thought was like an Eric Andre show of food, but I guess <laughs> is real. Um, Speaking so. of Eric Andre. Get that man an Emmy as we talked about righteous gemstones. They didn't win anything again. Like, why does righteous gemstones not win anything? Just an all time. Uh, but didn't like I did see how to with John Wilson. I think got nominated for something yeah. which is nice. Wonderful. Did that just get canceled? Show. Did I see that? No, that just renewed up? for season three. Okay, thanks God. God. Um, yeah, no, righteous gemstones is uh, top notch. Uh, the fiance and I just finished up season two of Succession and uh, mm. bonkers. Do you watch Succession at all? I've been meaning to just like take a week out and run through it. I wouldn't recommend that because it's so dark that you're like, I did that. (laughs) The leftovers was a really good show and Mm. binging shows like that leftovers succession. You're just like, you're, you're in a bad place Mm. uh, mentally just in the, in the bleakness and uh, in that world. And you spend a lot of time in that world of just a lot of horrible people. You feel kind of like watching, uh, redacted uh, network for a couple hours. That's kind of what oh. it feels like where you're just like, <laughs> man, um, 
That's bleak. This is a bleak state of affairs. <laughs> so you're saying don't save it for Christmas week? No, no. <laughs> Not a good family watch? No. That, that uh, I was, this is the last thing I'll say. Yeah. I was watching the How to a John Wilson episode about yeah. uh, covering your furniture. Uh-huh. And uh, I got excited because the first half of the episode, they talks about his cat. And I was I texted my wife. I was like, we should watch this episode. Mm-hmm. And then if you've seen this episode, you know what comes after in the second half mm-hmm. uh, where he, um, I don't think I can say it on here. It meets a guy who, oh, I guess I can, meets like an anti-circumcision advocate. <laughs> and then the rest of the episode is about that. And he goes to his house and I was like, uh, please forget that I recommended you this episode. This will just do me. <laughs> I, I will bear the burden of having seen this. Late night Will Warren is an absolute delight. Let's just do this. <laughs> the later it gets, the more uh, the more Will opens up in this podcast. There you go. Um, will, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week. Talk to you soon. All right, y'all. That'll do it for part one here on a Friday, the Friday, uh, July 15th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Notes Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, Stats by Will coming on to talk all things college basketball. If you enjoyed uh, our conversation, make sure that you've left this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That is indeed how you checked out the podcast today. I would greatly appreciate it. Helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to grow. Um, don't forget folks you can also check us out on youtube youtube.com slash chase podcast like and subscribe all the good stuff email this very program at chase podcast at gmail.com i would love to hear from you guys uh, mailbag stuff questions for me for the program for any of my hosts or co-host um, that would be great uh, but anyway part two coming up with special guest oh yeah georgia southern head football coach clay helton coming up right for this don't uh don't go anywhere because guess what it's right here on your podcast player feed apple podcast spotify have your podcast all of our episodes right there so subscribe today all right uncle derek how'd i do nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah